This is WTMJ Nights. And now here's your host, Matt Miller. Welcome to WTMJ Nights. I am your host, Matt Miller, and I am joined by a host that you may have just heard, Sandy Max. <laughs> because I heard... Good evening. Yeah, good evening. I, I had heard we had our conversation during your show, the, the past, uh, the afternoon news. Yeah. And we were talking about the Oscars and it is getting it is getting to the heat of awards season right now and I found out that you were a Screen Actors Guild voter I am and now I need to use you oh my to push my agendas for this you're gonna try and woo me or you just want it's, this is more you want your opinion to be heard you want to feel validated I do I feel silenced I, I, I get have it. a microphone in front of me and an antenna broadcasting me and I feel silenced well and when you when I found out you were going to be able to stop in on Wisconsin's afternoon news I'm like because I want to ask your opinion on the films that I have seen so far and and the vibe that I'm getting from them and am I accurate because you are so you call somebody who reads books well read what do you call someone who sees a lot of Film and television. A person who's wasted a lot of their no. life. Uh, <laughs> a connoisseur, a pop culture. So whatever that appropriate title is for, I guess, critic, obviously. I'll take it. Um, but, but you know, but you, about, but, you, yeah. but you also, I think you appreciate film and television for the entertainment. I mean, I've, I've known concert critics who are just like, they can't wait to just shred the band. It's yeah, like, well, that's not that's fun. That's not fun. It's like the people who see the new Marvel movie and immediately are like, one out of five, it's the death of cinema. And you're just like, okay, let's calm yeah, down. Like, or, like, like, why do you even have this job? Because I think Piet Levy at Journal Sentinel is a great example of someone who obviously loves music and will see all genres still has a critical opinion and can give you yeah. uh, an assessment whether it was a quality performance or not, but doesn't go with that agenda of impress I, me. I always tell people my favorite genre of, of anything is good. So if it's a good movie, <laughs> I'm into it. We talked in the last hour about Tar and Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm-hmm. and you did not like those, is the vibe <laughs> I got. So I'm interested to found know... found them incredibly challenging films, and I was... On very different levels. Yes. Because Tar is very chatty and very... Uh, minimalist isn't the right word, but it's it's very much... It, it is, is cinematic. It takes you around the world. You spend a lot of time in Berlin. Yes. And it's not exactly a place that it's not postcard pretty <laughs> after watching something like White Lotus on TV. You know, it's like it very is very different. Yeah. And, and, and the problem also was I got super excited when I saw the trailer at the Oriental. And it's yeah. this very dynamic trailer, because if you're not familiar with Tar, it's Kate Blanchett performing a role as a female conductor. Yes, who gets in, embroiled in some controversy, or, or I think of it more as a movie about a person dealing with guilt and waiting for a hammer to fall on the, the mistakes they've made. Um, I find the movie really interesting, but I don't blame people if they have a hard time with it. So which ones did you like then? What, what stuff kind of gra- are you gravitating towards voting for? If you were, I know you're a SAG <laughs> voter, but if you were voting for the Oscars, what would, what would you, where would you put your vote? I'm going to tell you something that's going to, you probably, your respect rating might just drop six notches, and I'm okay with that. Uh, is it Morbius? Is Morbius your best picture? No, it is not. Um, I will tell you right now, of all the best pictures, I can wholeheartedly say Elvis was a great ride. Baz Luhrmann did not disappoint me. I am a huge Elvis fan. So the risk of me folding my arms and going, impress me, 
Uh, I went and saw it as soon yeah. as it came out at the Oriental Theater, so experience another big screen. So I can tell you wholeheartedly, I fully enjoyed Elvis. I've warmed to Elvis over time. At first, I was like, that's a lot. And then, because <laughs> of course it's a lot, it's Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Uh, but I really did gravitate towards, you know, just how much it's going for it in that movie and how much it's trying to bring Elvis, you know, uh, an entertainer who I have not been alive for and a lot of people and can seem stodgy to some people and make him feel as electric as he must have felt when he first took the stage. I think the the movie does an impressive job of, of bringing that to life and that sensation of, no, you don't understand, this guy changed everything. And Austin Butler captures an essence of Elvis. It's it, not a tribute performer. It's no. not an impersonation. It really is that charismatic essence. It's a star essence. performance. And there's not a lot of star performers out there right now. You see these Netflix actors and they try to make it on the big screen and immediately you watch and you're like, nah, you ain't got it. Sorry, you don't have it. You don't have the star quality. You don't have the convince me why I should care for the next two hours quality. Yeah. And, but well, Austin Butler does. And there are a lot of films now that can't make a story in two hours or less. There was an appeal to that. You know, it used to be unusual. The James Bond films were the films that you were like, it's going to be two hours and 20 minutes, but it's a James Bond film and it's going to take me on an adventure. Now it is, if I'm at home at night and I'm trying to budget my time so I can enjoy the SAG screeners, <laughs> as soon as I see two hours and 40 minutes... Well, I've got to save that for the weekend. I, I'm yeah. not staying up till 11. You know what I mean? Like yeah. try, Trying to enjoy film. It's an effort. It's and, an effort. You have to plan your day around that stuff. And it's some not of casual. these films aren't that much fun. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, do you think it's a product of the pandemic? Were these ideas before the pandemic? But I'm telling you that women talking, tar, everything all at once, Banshees of Inishirin, which I really enjoyed. But it's a dark comedy. All of comedy. these, good <laughs> Lord, like... I want to see Top Gun Maverick now. I have not. Have you not no, seen Top Gun? You're the one. It. You're <laughs> the one person. But after seeing all these heavy, challenging, semi-confusing films, I mean, like Women Talking should have been called Women Talking and One Man Writing. <laughs> I mean, that, that is the premise. Yeah. We, we need it's to not unpack. a bad film. Not at all. But it was just like, okay. Yeah. And I just watched The Fablemans. The Steven Spielberg movie. Which... There was no real climax there. Like, was it a neat, neat, isn't that a terrible <laughs> phrase, but was it a well done video memoir of what maybe Sp Steven Spielberg's childhood was like? Yeah. Did it take me back in time to, and, but it was a family drama that didn't have Wow, a high school fight was the climax? <laughs> we'll unpack this more after the break. This is WTMJ Nights with Matt Miller. A Nights. I am not a slave, can be contained, so pick me from the dark and pull me from the grave, cause I still Welcome back. We're unpacking the Oscars. We're me and Sandy Max. We're we're big movie nerds, and we want to talk more about this. And I I'm very interested. You are the one person who has not seen the most unlikely of the Best Picture nominees, Top Gun Maverick. What, you are correct. I have not seen it yet. What what what's wrong with you? I guess exactly. <laughs> I am one of those people who I want to see the film as it was intended. So that to me, as much as I could watch that at home. You'll want to see Top Gun Maverick on the big screen to fully big appreciate sound the big sound system, the fact that all of that aviation was real. Yeah, it's incredible looking. I think it's a great blockbuster. It would be in my top 10 of the year. And I think it earns its place in the best picture category this year. And it's not, 
I feel like a lot of people are looking at it like, oh, you had to nominate it because it was so popular and all that stuff. No, it's a really well-made, well-assembled, well-acted movie. I think it's the best Tom Cruise performance he's given in years. Wow. And I'm not even going from a Cruise perspective. If you're going with excellence in filmmaking in all these different categories, how can you not argue that that is going to be using technology, Mm -hmm. aviation, you know, and cinematography. How can you not argue that that achieves excellence on, in that way? I would not be stunned if it won best picture next month. I wouldn't put my money on it right now. I still think everybody, (laughs) everything, everywhere all at once is your front runner, but people, when it comes to best picture, want to vote for the movies they loved, that they liked. They don't want to vote for the ones that are, you know, super intellectual. And so Tar is not going to win Best Picture. But you, I, I think a movie like Everything Everywhere All At Once, which really hits the emotions really hard, and a movie like Top Gun that people just loved seeing over and over again, those are the ones that I think have a better chance of winning than, like I said, something like a Tar, or even like a Banshees of Inisherin which is a dark comedy and goes to some unpleasant places. Uh, I'm interested, speaking of things people want to watch, the Oscars themselves. We've been talking in recent years about how their numbers have been going down in terms of viewership. Are you planning on watching this year, Sandy? I very much will. Um, I am interested in the SAG Awards, which is this weekend. Streaming. Um, That's what I was just going to say. Proving the point of do people really want to watch award shows and the lukewarm uh, reception that the Golden Globes received. Well, it was on a Tuesday night. Of course the Golden Globes weren't going to do well on a Tuesday night. People (laughs) don't watch award shows on a Tuesday but, but there's a reason it was on a Tuesday as well. That's you know, all. There's no lots one was of... going to give up Saturday real estate for that. So, uh, But because I'm a voting member for the SAG-AFTRA, SAG Awards, yeah. uh, I enjoy the Academy Awards more because I've seen more of the films. Okay. So And, and I feel like, oh, I, I do have some uh, people that I root for or, or yeah. roles that are acting. Like you mentioned Banshee, Banshees of Inishir, and I think the supporting actor uh brendan keegan yeah barry keegan barry Barry keegan i think right now if i had to if i had to vote he gets all of my all my love i think he's great in that he's very good in a movie filled with really good performances too what what do you think would bring people back to the oscars people who don't watch what do you think people's hang-up is I don't know. Can you top the slap? I mean, I was watching that in real time. And now you've banned Will Smith from going to the Oscars. I think a great way to have gotten people to watch the Academy Awards this year is, hey, Will Smith is going to be there. Front row. Yeah. The poster should have been a photo of Will Smith, like, sitting in the front row being like, what will happen? Exactly. <laughs> that, that, what will he do? Um, but you take you took that out of the uh, formula. I, do people long for... How do people watch Academy Warchers? They first of all have the stigma of we don't want to see pretty people patting themselves on the back. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's been a pandemic. I don't mind seeing some pretty people. <laughs> you know, it's like I've been in sweatpants a lot. Like dress up, shine. It, it, give me some eye and candy. And it's not all people pretty. It's a lot of like behind. It's it's cinematographers and production designers. People always forget that this is their chance to finally get appreciated. And documentarians. documentarians. I think you and I are both members of Milwaukee Film, and that is something that that some really tremendous films in that category this and, year. And having the opportunity to see those documentaries through Milwaukee Film is a wonderful opportunity. And it's great that our city supports film. So it is. Uh, how do you get people to watch? Is it changing the format? Is it 
making it more interactive. I heard all great things about, I was traveling during the Grammys performance or Grammys, Grammy Awards TV show, but all of my music fan friends were saying, wow, this is amazing. It's performance after performance and it's moving. It's got some flow. Well, conveniently, we have a music writer here with us, Alan Hallis of Breaking and Entering and Shepard Express. He's going to join us in the next break to talk about the Grammys, what the Oscars can learn from the Grammys, and what the Grammys don't do that the Oscars do. I also want to throw it out there to our listeners, too, because we're talking about what can bring, bring people back to the Oscars. Hit us up on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. I'd love to know, if you don't watch the Oscars, what would bring you back to this show? Let me know, and we'll talk about it on WTMJ Nights. Nights. Oh, baby, it's electric. Welcome to WTMJ Nights. I am Matt Miller. I'm joined by Sandy Max, host of Wisconsin Afternoon News. And I am joined as well by Alan Hallis of Breaking and Entering and Shepherd Express. How are you doing, Alan? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. We're, uh, we're, we're uh, nitpicking the Oscars and asking people what it would take to bring you back to watching the Oscars. And we were talking, we, we heard some people during the break telling us uh, <laughs> not a four and a half hour show would help. <laughs> yes. On a Sunday night. Yeah, ending before one o'clock in the morning always a wise choice but there was something else we talked about too and this is something that the grammys as someone who writes about music for shepherd express and breaking and entering the grammys do such a great job of promoting the music that they are honoring that night and really heaping praise on the music they're honoring that night you watch the oscars the last oscars they spent half of it ripping on the movies that were nominated they spent so much of the oscars being like well no one saw this dumb movie (laughs) nominated for eight academy awards it seems very self-defeating to spend a whole night tributing movies by telling them how much they suck it's so strange yeah so i think that i mean the the oscars do a, a decent job of promoting the film but it's very hard to be like um i get the full grasp of what's going on with the movie from Mm -hmm. that Whereas, like we were saying, the Grammys, you know, it's a performance. There's a concert, essentially, and some statues are given out as well. Yes. You know what I mean? Like It's uh, a festival where gold things get handed out. Right. <laughs> but you get to hear a full song from somebody. Obviously, yeah. you can't do, like, a full movie. You can't do... But I, as somebody that is not a huge film person, um, I don't get a full grasp of what's going on with different movies. You know, unless something is winning a lot of awards, I'm probably not apt to go see it. You know, mm-hmm. if it's something that wins one or two awards, great. But if I haven't heard of it or if I haven't really, you know, really fed into it, I'm not going to be the one that's going to really like jump, you know, to the yeah. theater to go see it, which well, I know is the p- whole point of the Oscars. Kind and of. I think <laughs> that's kind of an interesting point because they've actually in recent years, the Oscars have really wanted to give as many movies as possible awards. There's not a lot of big Lord of the Rings style, this one, nine Academy Awards, or Titanic style, this one, 12 Academy Awards. When they get a chance, like I think this year, you're going to see them give a little bit of love to everything everywhere at once. A little bit of love to Banshees of Inisherin, a little bit of love here, a little bit. Avatar will give you some technical awards. There's not really that like, oh, wow, that won seven awards. I have to see that. And, and I think that might hurt a little bit because then there isn't that feeling of like, wow, Hollywood is telling me I need to see this movie. Yeah, that's the, the thing that I need. I, as the <laughs> casual fan, is I need the one that's going to dominate all the awards because then I go, oh, it won everything. I should at least see what it's about. Whereas if, you know, like you're saying, Avatar is going to win a couple technical awards. I'm expecting that. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, as far as the best picture nominees, as somebody that hasn't seen all of them, I'm going just off of, you know, what has the most buzz. My pick right now is everything everywhere all at once, because I remember the buzz that it had, but on a purely technical ability, I have no idea what's going to win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Sandy, you were saying an easy way to improve things too and make people know about these movies is clips. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think, honestly, it's been, hey, here are your five best lead actress. And they just read the names <laughs> and show maybe the lady sitting in the in in the in the theater and why don't you give me some of what that performance is like sell me the movie because that's where i don't understand if it's going to be three and a half hours long yet i haven't seen any movie clips yet i've seen jokes about them you know or (laughs) it's like that doesn't really if if all i've heard about the irishman is the host joking about how oh my god it was three and a half hours long why did i watch that (laughs) and i needed subtitles yeah Yeah. well then in that case well i guess i won't watch that (laughs) movie and probably won't watch these oscars if they're nominating movies i don't like this should be a gateway (laughs) to get you excited for the best in film Mm -hmm. and it it really can be alienating and and like you just said alan it's like I, I need the roads. I need to be waved into some of these films. Right. I, I literally need the road signs that, oh, this got seven Most awards. Most people do, especially okay. nowadays with so much on streaming and so many different outlets of watching so much TV out there that people think is a movie because it's movie quality these days. It's <laughs> you got to guide people to the good stuff and at this time point. is precious. And that that would be a ringing endorsement of, OK, this is a good way to, for me to spend two and a half Two hours and 40 minutes of my time on tar if enough awards are won by that film. A movie could make a lot of money if the ads were just like, it's 90 minutes. Like, if a, if a movie trailer <laughs> was like, we've got Adam Driver, dinosaurs, and also 95 minutes with credits, I think immediately <laughs> that movie sells out. I would buy a ticket. I would buy a ticket because I'm the person that when I see a movie, when I hit the, you know, maybe hour and a half mark, like even sitting in the theater, I'm I might be kind of looking like, okay, we're gonna wrap this up, right? <laughs> like, I, and I, you know, maybe it's an attention span thing. I'm not sure, but for that point, like, you also have a great point that there's so much content out there, and now so much of it is digestible in like you know 30, 40 minute episodes, like a series, like a Netflix series. When you get to something that's a full movie, you you want to appreciate it for the piece of art that it is, and the the movie making that went into it, the amount of you know prowess that went into it. But also, I would I would love if it was 95 minutes and we just wrapped it up, hard out. Tight 90 is great. Tight 90. Sandy, thank you so much for staying a little extra to talk movies with us. Thank you for inviting me, and I look forward to uh, chatting with you about the SAG Awards. We'll definitely talk yes. more. Alan's going to stay. We're going to talk uh, more movies and more sports, some stuff Ooh. going on. I don't know if you heard about this basketball team we got. It's pretty good. They're excellent. We'll talk more <laughs> about that. But first, we're going to go to the TMJ Breaking News Center. Here is Jessica Getzow. Nights. Welcome to WTMJ Nights. I am Matt Miller. We tossed out the question to the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. What would bring you back to watching the Oscars? Is it more popular movies? Is it a shorter runtime of the show? We got a text from somebody saying, stop the political speeching during the Oscar acceptance speeches. I will say, I think people should be allowed to take that time. They have a microphone. If they have something they're passionate about, Mm -hmm. they should say it. I would also say, those are never the moments that people most remember from the Oscars. When you think of memorable Oscar speeches, you don't think of, you know, 
the 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 quotes of of you know you think of emotion you think of Halle Berry and you think of uh, Sally Field and you know Denzel Washington paying tribute to Sidney Poitier like that's the stuff you think of the emotion right you don't think of the heavily scripted stuff of people being like I have to hit this mark about this topic yeah and I think that when you hit those two like. In the moment, they're fine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When you have somebody that wants to go and say those things, well I agree. Intended. You know, use that platform if you can for 10, 15 seconds, if you're going to give yourself that time before they play you off. Yeah. Um, but when it happens, it's a little bit of that, like, oh, it's a spicy moment. And we all say, ooh, for a second. But then, I mean, you know, other than Twitter, I mean, that's about <laughs> it. And then, you know, like after that, then you kind of forget about it. And uh, it feels it, like it vegetables cycle. Yeah. a little bit. It feels a little bit like, well, we have to hit this moment because mm-hmm. we want, we need to make this moment of patting ourselves on the back feel significant in some way. Right. And you know what? Maybe just own the fact that it's a fancy night that we get to look at. You know, beautiful people and incredible <laughs> actors and performers and craftsmen and directors. Maybe we just appreciate that it's a night about the movies. And I'm not trying to stop anyone from, you know, political speeching during their stuff. But at the same time, we're not going to remember that. Like, that's exactly. not going to be the moment we take from that night. Outside of two days. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, outside of a news cycle. Outside of the day after being like, that person said that and it was well-intended and thoughtful or and, problematic. Yeah, <laughs> and it has to be, you know, in- insightful or problematic enough that it actually makes the recaps. You know, yes. it's a four and a half hour show. There's a lot of things happening. So, so, so we're going to seamlessly transition into sports now from this. Uh, <laughs> but again, let us know what could bring you back to the Oscars. Uh, but all, at the same time, we're going to transition with a little bit of sports and movies because our own Bobby Portis, he hasn't been on the court very much uh, because he's got an injury right now for the Milwaukee Bucks, but he's actually going to be appearing on the big screen. He is in a new movie coming out called Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this preview yet? Do you know of, of this movie? I just saw a preview. Just got released this this weekend over the All-Star break. I did see the preview for it. I'm excited to see Bobby in there. Um, it is weird. It's like when you see a friend of yours, like in the background on TV or something like that, <laughs> where you're like, it's somebody that's very familiar and you see them and you're like, wait a minute, how did they get, you know, like What's you feel Bobby like Portis doing in the yes. 1950s. Cause the movie is about, uh, during the 1950s, it's about Nat Sweetwater Clifton, who was one of the first black NBA basketball players. I believe it was him and two other ones who were kind of the first ones to get signed by the NBA and take the court. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Portis in the movie is playing one of those history making individuals. Uh, I don't think it's a big role. It's a truly in the trailer. The trailer's out now. It's a blink and you miss it situation with him right. where yeah, I think he's in literally one scene, but at the same time, it's I was going to say your article actually has the uh, the frame, the, the one frame, the one yeah. frame. He plays Earl Lloyd, who was another one of those very early NBA black first, you know, groundbreaking players. black players. Um, and this is it's a little exciting. This is now three Milwaukee Bucks breaking <laughs> into Hollywood. Essentially, you had Giannis's biopic on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. You had Chris Middleton playing Chris Middleton in the Adam Sandler <laughs> Netflix movie Hustle, yes. which was actually really good. Mm-hmm. I highly, If you didn't see Hustle, weirdly very solid. And now you got Bobby Portis showing up in, in the Sweetwater movie. Look at, look at the Milwaukee Bucks taking over. You don't need to go to Los Angeles to make it into Hollywood. Come to Milwaukee. You know, I thought, you know, one of the great things about this Bucks team is that they're so humble and they're so down to earth, and now they are literally going Hollywood. So... <laughs> 
I actually, I mean, I guess but I don't know what cool to think projects. about. They're not doing like <laughs> Space Jam 2, which I think we all we all regret Space Jam 2. I didn't get to the end of it. I, I tried. I tried. I gave it an effort and <laughs> not, not the best. As somebody that lived through the hype of the first one and was a big fan as a kid of the first one, uh, no, not, not so much on the second one. <laughs> Speaking of regrets, after the break, we're going to talk about one that I think the Brewers are going to be feeling a lot this upcoming <laughs> season. We'll talk about that more. This is WTMJ Nights. Nights. Welcome to WTMJ Nights. I'm your host, Matt Miller, joined by Alan Hallis of Breaking and Entering and Shepherd Express. We were talking about regrets. And the Milwaukee Brewers do not regret that spring training is finally coming up because people are going to stop talking about the Kerbin, Kerbin, Corbin, <laughs> Bin, Bur, Corbin. They're Bins. kicking him to the curb with this one. Yes. Yeah. A real <laughs> debacle recently uh, with the arbitration hearing uh, where the Brewers wanted to pay less than Corbin Burns thought he was worth. And mm-hmm. this is now another player on the record saying out loud to the to the media that, hey, this corp, this organization treated me cheaply, yeah. and that's not a great thing to hear. I mean, you had Josh Hader say it before. You have Morbin <laughs> Burns saying it. Lorenzo Cain kind of reamed him out a little bit too. Yeah. Um. And I mean, all these players have their various, you know, gripes. Obviously, if I was not given seven hundred fifty thousand dollars that I thought I was worth, <laughs> but this is growingly becoming a, a reputation with yeah. the Brewers around the league that this team can be a little stingy and this is a team that traded away one of its all-star players last year with a first place team and i i'm interested to see how the fans are feeling about this right now because there is there does seem to be kind of a growing resentment about this sense that like hey this team isn't they're not putting all in yeah and it's, it should be said, we're talking $750,000 in MLB terms. Yes. Which is, you know... For a Cy Young winning pitcher. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, it's kind of hard to have pitchers and catchers start reporting and have that kind of looming over your head the whole time. You know, especially because now this is the sort of thing that is grabbing a lot of attention in the media. I think in an earlier era uh, of the MLB, this might have been something that could have been brushed under the rug a little bit easier, mm-hmm. especially when there wasn't so much attention on spring training like years and years ago. Yeah. Um, but now when you have cameras all the time and you have microphones all the time, you're going to get situations like this where, you know, Corbin Burns is essentially going to probably give you a really good spring training and then show himself to every other team in the league and say, where do we land next? Well, that is the the concern about this upcoming season. We talk about the bites of the apple and all of that, but how long, how big of this of of a bite are we taking this season? Is this <laughs> if the Brewers don't start off well and don't get a big, you know, good start by the All Star break, where does this team blow it up? Because that's, I mean, when you when you're when you're you know giving your Cy Young winning pitcher less money than he deserves and less mm-hmm. than a million dollars worth. Like this wasn't him asking for $22 million more than you thought you were going to have to pay him. Right. This was less than a million dollars. And it just makes you, f- you have the bucks right now that, you know, are putting in the effort that signed Giannis that went out and got Jay Crowder and seem like they're really putting in the effort to get a championship and put out the best team possible, surround Giannis with talent. Yep. And then you have the, the Brewers where, and I know they're in a tough spot. It's a small market team. Christian Yelich uh, takes up a lot of their payroll right now and right. has not performed like he did before, understandably so, considering he exploded his kneecap. And it, <laughs> it's kind of hard to come back from that and 
be 100%. Um, but it's just a, not a good look, especially when you consider that, you know, there's talk of, you know, more public funding going towards American Family Field. And right. Yeah, there's money coming. In. Well, I mean, there's money coming in. But even in the context of the MLB, um, to, you know, have this be this public at a time when the essentially the whole league is yes. down, you know, in the same area, talks can happen. And, and you know, it's very easy to yeah. to get around. If you're a player that was considering Milwaukee, you know, let's say you were a player that maybe, you know, was thinking about being traded somewhere, you know, obviously you're not really picking your destination, but you're probably not going to want to come to the Brewers right now if they are, you know... If every star player leaves the team being like, they did not give us what we needed. And they're back and forth over a relatively minuscule amount of money for the MLB. Yeah. You and know, you're Milwaukee. This, is, this, is, this isn't, you know, New York. This isn't the Yankees. This isn't the Dodgers. We're better than them. I think we're better than them. Right. But, you know, you need to have goodwill. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want people to come here, I mean, part of the reason why the Bucks have done well is, you know, the team has kind of done a good job of being like, we pu- want to win a championship. Yes. We're putting a team. I mean, the Packers have historically, you know, they've gotten past the fact that, you know, they play in a small town that's not sexy whatsoever and right. uh, the smallest market in all of sports. Mm-hmm. But they know, generally speaking, that the organization, you know, cares right. and that the, the fans care. You're going for something more than that. The, the brewers need to foster that instead of this growing reputation of not putting in the money. Yeah, you don't see the Brewers right now investing in the future in in terms of, you know, getting some high-level established talent to really put something together. I, will, I, I think I, there's yeah. more thought of, you know, this was a young team last year. We're going to grow them, and we're going to trade a lot of them. Uh, you know, I mean, that's going to have to be the, the the model for success. At some point, you do need to get an established person in here, um, but it's hard to do so. When you're, you know, pitter-pattering over... And I think a a reasonable person knows the Brewers can't sign Corbin Burns long-term. Like, he's a Cy Young winning pitcher. He led the league in strikeouts last year. Mm -hmm. He's going to command a a price tag when he becomes a free agent that the Brewers will not be able to pay. Right. But do you want to alienate him before then? Do you want him to, you know, poo on your team before he leaves town? Because that's kind of what's happening it's right now. It's actually happening as we speak, yes. And he's pu- it's very public about it, and he went to the yeah. press about it, and, you're, you know, obviously people game. are going to run with yeah. it. Yeah. The optics of it are not great. The optics of this are not great for talent relations. Um, I'm sure if you're a PR person for the Brewers, you're, your head is spinning right now. Um, <laughs> anybody in that front office. Is, I do want to yeah. give them one quick shout out before we go to break. Uh, they announced today that they have done audio fixes and audio changes to American Family Field oh. for the first time since it opened, I believe they said. And I must say 100% thumbs up because that's always been one of my great complaints about the former Miller Park current American Family Field is that the audio always sounds a little echoey and a little <laughs> poor in places. And now they've apparently fixed that for this new season. So, Do you think they spent $740,000 on it? I... <laughs> I refuse to. Ah, all right, we're gonna take a break. But this is WTOJ Nights. A Nights. It was the finest hour for the NBA this past weekend. Ooh, there we go. Because it was the All Star Game <laughs> in star-studded Salt Lake City. Because when I think bringing the celebrities out. Salt Lake City. When I think All-Stars, I think I think Utah. Uh, you watched <laughs> uh, a lot of the All-Star Game festivities this weekend. Yes. What did you make of them? <laughs> um, I So I thought that 
honestly, it's a showcase game for what it is. I know that the new format is a little bit better where, you know, you you basically play a series of quarters and then the fourth quarter it does the Elam ending, like yes. the basketball tournament. You you instead of racing to zeros on the clock, you right. play to a certain point. I believe it's number. twenty points past whatever the The difference between the two teams. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. But you have a target score that you need to hit. I was promised there would be no math. Uh, same. Not good at it. <laughs> um I I don't mind the All Star game for what it is in the NBA. Um, I think professional sports have this kind of whole problem in general. I mean, any All Star game, whether it be the NHL, the Pro Bowl, things like that, the spectacle of it is kind of diminished now because I I mean, people say the player interest is down. I think players still like the you know the regard of being an All Star. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily want to work. On days that they don't have to work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know, everything is so championships focused in sports now. I mean, all of these players' legacies are defined by, well, how many rings did you win? Right. So it it doesn't matter as much the All-Star game. And, you know, what if I get hurt doing some of this? What will this do to my reputation, to my legacy? Yes. That's why none of them do the dunk contest anymore, because none of them want to, you know embarrass themselves and miss a dunk and then everyone's like well is lebron really that cool oh wow he couldn't even do a dunk at the dunk contest side note this is mac mcclung's world and we're all just living in it yes uh for those who missed the uh all-star game uh mac mcclung of the philadelphia 76ers G League in team. name in name only because he has yet to play a game. I believe he is on the Delaware Eighty Seveners, which is the G League team from uh, for the for the 76ers. Too so, much again. That's a real too much name. math. Too real much team. math is my statement on the Delaware Eighty <laughs> Seveners. That's a real team. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. But so, what did you feel about Giannis in the All Star game? Because he played for all of about ten seconds. I thought he, something like that. Yeah, less than got, a minute. He got some points, and then he was like, "It's been real." Bye. Yeah. So I was watching the game. Uh, the Bucks had the last game before the All Star break, playing against the Bulls. Uh, went down with that sprained left wrist, right wrist. I believe it was a sprained wrist. Sprained left wrist ligament. Yes. Um, so when he went down, I had this immediate thought of, "Oh no, he's hurt." But it's. It's okay because the all-star break is there. He's going to get a couple extra days off. Mm-hmm. And then my immediate next thought was, oh, my God, Giannis is a, an entertainer. He's a player. You know, he's a fan's first kind of player. He doesn't know how he's to gonna not try to, go 110%. Right. He's going to try to play the all-star game. So I was actually very relieved that he didn't, one, take, place, uh, take part in the skills competition because I was like, he's on a team with his brothers. He's going to probably play. Um, I thought he was going to do the the thing where there was no contact, but instead played in the game. And then when I yeah. saw him suit up for the game and only dribbling with his uh, with his offhand, yeah, <laughs> that's when I was like, there is something very wrong, and he's going to try and play and play defense. And I was very very relieved to see him uh, get out after a dunk and just check out. And Which that is, was exactly what I wanted. And this is fan. an encouraging sign for me, I will say, because we forget about the I believe it was the Hornets game where Giannis the team's up eight. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 30 seconds left on the clock, and Giannis goes for this block on a layup, a meaningless layup in a right. game that is done, and he lands awkward, and he was, like, gripping at his knee, and I was like, Giannis, you can't. Like, yeah. at some point, he has to, it's like the uh, the Patrick Mahomes uh, football <laughs> stuff, where it's like, at some point, you have to stop running so much and you have to learn how to protect yourself as a mobile quarterback and Giannis needs to know how to protect himself as the most important player on a championship caliber team especially in moments maybe in the all-star game he figured that out yeah especially in moments that essentially don't matter Mm -hmm. um I mean I know it's for the fans and I know that there's the entertainment you know spectacle of it but at the same time if you're Giannis and you're trying to win championships the east has now cleared out for you 
You know what I mean? Like you yeah. have this is your chance you to get the there. Celtics. So it's please you and do the not. Celtics. Yeah. yeah. So please don't hurt yourself playing for Team Giannis. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the other most important player in Wisconsin right now. Right now, for now, after the break. That's right. It's it's Mason Crosby. No, it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we'll talk more about that on the other side of the hour here on WTMJ Nights. This is WTMJ Nights, and now here's your host Matt Miller. Brace yourself, everybody. I'm about to talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm joined by Alan Hallis, music writer at Shepherd Express and at Breaking and Entering. And we're going to talk about everyone's least favorite, most favorite athlete right now, Aaron Rodgers, who I believe <laughs> is on day two or three of his retreat into darkness. Sure. Something like that. He doesn't know. Of his spiritual <laughs> hibernation or whatever this is. Uh, I I find this year so fascinating in the great Aaron Rodgers career path <laughs> because this feels like the first year that Packer fans truly and deeply do not care what happens to him. Well, the problem is we've seen this so many times before, not only from Rodgers, but you know, previously we ran into this with Brett Favre where there was a will they won't, will he won't he kind of situation. Um, we never had darkness retreats before that, though. This is a new one. This is a new. This is a new twist. And yeah. I think what makes this year very different is that we know what it's like with a bad Aaron Rodgers. The two previous years, when he was, you know, being mm-hmm. kind of annoying, and we were having these debates and stuff like that. Listen, it was worth it. He was the defending MVP. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen. Oh, it's it, it's a little diminished. Right. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, here's my big thing. Everyone's talking about maybe going to the Jets yep. or maybe getting traded to the Las Vegas Raiders or something like that. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you should come back to the Green Bay Packers. Okay. And the reason why you should come back to the Green Bay Packers is because the NFC is terrible right now. <laughs> if there's one thing I took from the Super Bowl the other weekend, it's that the NFC is not a good conference. If the Eagles went 14-3... and three, and their defense, which was supposed to be historically good, mm-hmm. got that embarrassed by the Chiefs, which okay. were a, a very good team, but also a flawed team. I think the NFC is really bad right now. And here's my proof of this concept. Mm-hmm. The number one quarterback in the NFC, I think we can all agree, is Jalen Hurts. Of the yes, Eagles. I was going to say, let's not forget about that Super Almost Bowl performance. Almost won the MVP though. this year. He, if, if the Eagles had won that Super Bowl, he'd be the no-doubter MVP. Yes. My question is who is the second best quarterback in the NFC right now? Well, if we're going specifically on quarterback rating, <laughs> which, okay. you know, grain of salt there, it's Jared Goff from the, the Detroit Lions. That's wild. Specifically on QB if, rating. I'm not saying that I agree with that. I'm saying that's what the numbers are. Is anyone scared of playing Jared Goff? Absolutely I not. don't want to live in a world where Jared Goff is the second best quarterback in an entire conference. <laughs> and then you go through the rest of the NFC. Are you afraid to play Dak Prescott? At this point, no. Are you afraid to play Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I'll laugh that out of the room. <laughs> is the second best quarterback Justin Fields in Chicago? I wouldn't go that far. That's a really that's a real big stretch. Um again going off QB rating, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith um are the next two are, NFC quarterbacks. Are any of these quarterbacks people you're afraid to play? If you are a defensive coordinator in the NFC, are you scared of any of these names in the AFC? 
Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert with the Chargers. The, a number all, of young quarterbacks in the AFC, too, I that mean, can cause some serious... Like, they have the potential to do something really when great. When he's not concussed. Two is a very good quarterback in Miami. <laughs> you know, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow on the Cincinnati Bengals. That, it, everybody good is in the AFC, and the NFC is super winnable. So if you're Aaron Rodgers... And I'm looking around the league, and I'm trying to go out with one more Super Bowl. I'm trying to get that one more legacy Super Bowl win that will cement me as one of the greats. Right? Don't you want to stay in the NFC? Because boy, that ride is really easy. I don't know if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers if you're considering retiring at this point at all. If that's actual seriousness, uh, I know that it's been discussed as part of you know the options. I do think he'll return to football. I don't necessarily. I don't know if you know if the Packers are still the destination for him, though. I think the appeal of starting new might be something because, you know, well, let's not forget in previous off seasons things were a little tense. Um, you know, <laughs> just they, a little bit. Were they now? I'm giving. <laughs> I do think that you know being able to hold out like this, and he's essentially hijacking all the free agency because I mean Derek Carr is looking for a place to go. Everyone's waiting on the Rodgers shoe to drop. Exactly. Once that falls. Now, then your your other quarterbacks are going to fall in line as to who's going where, um, because there are names out there that are, you know, potentially looking for places. There's teams looking for a quarterback. But if you're Rodgers and you want to win, you want to win a championship. Do you want to get traded to the Jets? Do you want to have to play Josh Allen twice a year, play in the New York atmosphere and probably not win that division. The Jets are not a finished product whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to the Raiders, who, yeah, you get to play with Devontae Adams, but their defense was really bad. And also, you have to play Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert twice a year. And and you have to play the Denver defense, which was not the problem with Denver this right. past year. So <laughs> if you're him and you're scanning the landscape, if, I, if I'm in my darkness hut, wherever he is, <laughs> aren't you thinking, like, boy, the NFC... There's nobody there. No, I mean, I think of, of the let's let's just hypothetically say that he's going to get traded somewhere or he's going to move somewhere. Yes. I don't see the Jets being the option. I see the Ve- the Vegas Raiders being a more viable option for him. I think that's um, the number one. Not only option. because of Devonte Adams. Um, let's not forget he's a California guy. He's Very play in the warm weather. Yep. You know, it's close enough that I mean, it's not a it's not a California team. But and the Raiders want a splash. You know, this was supposed to be their splash year with Carr and Adams, and that obviously collapsed through the floor. Well, look at the, I mean, the franchise in general. They've relocated. They've got a brand new stadium or a relatively new stadium. You know, they they have, this is their all-in, and Rodgers would be their all-in if he was going to go to, to Vegas. But if Roger, if you're Rodgers, why do you leave the NFC? I want to find out, who, who do you out there think is the second best quarterback in the NFC after Jalen Hurts? And is it Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, is it Aaron Rodgers? Let us know on the Old Nation Bank talk and text line. That's 855-616-1620. Who's the second best quarterback in the NFC right now? And should Rodgers come back to the Packers and be that quarterback? Let us know. This is WTMJ Knights. Welcome back to WTMJ Nights. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, the great dilemma, the great darkness <laughs> dilemma going on right now. Should Aaron Rodgers come back to the Packers? If you're Aaron Rodgers, do you want to come back to the Packers? Because the NFC's terrible. After Jalen Hurts, <laughs> this is a quarterback league. It's very Jalen wide Hurts. Open. Very Who's wide open. Next? Jared Goff? 
Statistically? Statistically, yes. I refuse. Only statistically. Only statistically. Exclusively statistically. We did get a text from someone who said, I don't think the Packers want Rodgers back, and I don't think Rodgers wants to come back. So I think the second best quarterback in the NFC right now is Kirk Cousins, which is an alarming sentence. I don't know if that's (laughs) wrong. But like behind behind Hertz, I could you could rationalize that. Boy, that that. is a steep drop. That is a Grand Canyon steep drop off between one and two there. So not a lot of very mobile quarterbacks. I mean, I guess Justin Fields is, but like I think Justin Fields, I mean, warning to Packers fans out there listening, there is a non zero percent chance the Packers end up being in the basement of the NFC North next season. (laughs) Justin Fields is a very impressive quarterback, and if they put any talent around him, that team could be respectable. And we saw the Lions, they seem to be putting something together though every time we say that they... i was gonna say yeah they they look like a functional football team is what they look like which maybe you, which you know a rarity in this day and age we do have a call as well from james from the south side james welcome to wtmj nights yeah you guys are uh how do you say the word uh giving us uh uh what do you want to call the word uh um interest in uh who all these quarterbacks are in uh in our nc here uh but uh, look at we've seen uh, Rogers can be an MVP uh, and play up to that if he if he really wants to, and he can play as low as he was this past season here. Uh, uh, that that that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, which one do we want to see? But uh, if Aaron Rodgers decide gets hurt or that, can we uh, depend on Love Child there to uh, <laughs> take care of the, the slack here? I don't think so. I, I think you're gonna. And and if Aaron Rodgers decides to walk, and you got Love Child to to want to be the quarterback, uh, how how full is Lambeau Field going to be? Are you gonna you're going to have to put a bunch of signs up there like we did for COVID there to make it look like it's full. Uh, and uh, when you're hearing the boos and everything else, uh, well, I don't know. It's, well, I can answer that. Pretty, First of all, Jay, oh. pretty cold and pretty windy up there. That's true. James, thank you so much for the call. I'll answer that last question. Lambeau Field will always be full. Yes. Lambeau Field is a is a social party, and also it helps that the football team is good. I'm you know? still on the season ticket holder list, like I, the, the wait list. It's going to be another couple decades. But I, I do think part of the Rodgers thing right now is we saw the Packers almost made the playoffs last year with a mediocre Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. This, was, this team was one win away against the Detroit Lions or, you know, not being terrible against the Jets earlier in the season, away from making the playoffs. And we saw, we see what can happen when you make the playoffs. The Packers fans know it all too well. Sure. All, all, I mean, we won a Super Bowl as the low, as the low seed. <laughs> but I, I do think we also need to figure out, he brought up Jordan Love, Jordan Love child apparently. Uh, Jordan Love, we, we need to see what Jordan Love can do. He's at the final year of his time with this team, and contractually speaking. Mm-hmm. And boy, if you let him go, and we never got to see, like, at some point, we need to figure out if what he is at all. We can't just let him go well, away. We kind of did s- see. We saw a couple games. We saw him throw a single touchdown against a Philadelphia Eagles team that had a very comfortable lead and no longer cared. That People talk about that play against the Eagles as though it was, you know, the crowning achievement of an athletic career. And listen, I'm not going to look a gift touchdown in the face, <laughs> but at the same time, are we pretending, you know, a garbage time touchdown is the sign of the next great future quarterback? I mean, to be fair... He kind of went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes on a two-day notice, too. 
In That's, fairness, yeah. what was the final score of that game? <laughs> no, I'm just saying he had no time. I, I'm really excited to see a Jordan Love possibility because we just don't know. I mean, you can't say he's not good because we haven't seen anything. You can't say he's good because we haven't seen anything. And if there's mutual disagreement between Aaron and the Packers, why would you want to promote that? And the nice thing is, you know, if Rodgers does leave, you know, we get to see Love. And if Love is terrible... We get to move on. We get to move right on away. pretty quickly. Right. As opposed to, we know what we have with Rodgers right now. And frankly, we probably don't know. I, I would not assume he's going to suddenly improve. Right. I think there was an operative in uh, in the call that, um, you know, if, if Aaron wants to, he can play like an MVP. I That's think that there, it, that there is an element of that. And I, I don't want to sound very anti-Packer or anything like that or anti-Aaron. I but know you're secretly Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no. Yes. Kirk Cousins in disguise. <laughs> No, um, but I think there there's a point there. You know, there is a little bit of do I want to play like an MVP on this team? And you know who franchise? is going to want to play like an MVP? Jordan Love, who has been sitting around waiting for this chance and waiting is going for the to come out come out hot next year. And yeah. that could be very exciting. Uh, make sure to stay tuned. We're going to talk more about sports. A different brand of football made its return. This is why I'm here. Or this the, is what you brought me in for. Yes, that's right. It's the XFL on <laughs> WTMJ Nights. Don't. Welcome back to WTMJ Nights. Your host, Matt Miller. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers and the the great Green Bay debate of whether we want him back, whether he wants to come back. You can't ignore Love Train right now. Get it? Love Train. I didn't even put together the pun. I got it. It's all right. I'm hopping on it. I got it. It's 7.30. It's past my bedtime. (laughs) Uh, We did get a text uh, saying... uh, uh, talking about Rodgers. I gave up on Rodgers and lost all respect for him once he made Pat McAfee his primary outlet for all of his thoughts and feelings. I will say, I can, if Rodgers does leave, one of the great benefits is going to be not having to care about the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> I can be like the rest of America and not care. Hey, I watch, I've watched a little bit. I understand the appeal of McAfee. Um, I actually kind of appreciate that there's an outlet. You know, he... He has an internet outlet now that he can say whatever, and Aaron Rodgers is like that's that's his spot. I'm not saying McAfee. I'm saying Rodgers has his own spot. I mean, that for he Rodgers, can it's great. Give us the, these updates. The problem is when it becomes a journalism thing, and Pat McAfee is required to ask actual questions. Well, there's and that. it's it's just like you're just branded content here. Yeah, there you're is just that. Basically, an arm of the PR department, and <laughs> that's I mean, that's what a lot of you know, kind of the alternate sports media has become. You know, Draymond Green's podcast is famously just like mm-hmm. Draymond Green telling you that Draymond Green's the best, and yes. that Draymond Green has never done anything wrong and the league doesn't respect Draymond Green like <laughs> this there could be such a great opportunity for a real you know down to earth but also at the same time insightful conversation about sports in a and lot of this not. new sports media and instead you just kind of get you know the players tribune which is just PR yes but entirely glossed up with journalism entirely um we did get a text from my dad uh, okay. When we were mentioning the, uh, the second second best listeners. quarterback in the NFC, um, the conversation of Brock Purdy and Cooper Rush, um, which Cooper Rush both were brought up in. Hey, look, Cooper I, Rush may not be a starting quarterback next year. I don't. I mean, there's potential in Brock Purdy. I think. Um, I don't see. I don't think he's. He had a great run. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe not the most proven yet. <laughs> yeah, and he also may not play football for much of next season because his arm is pretty messed up. As Well, there as was we that speak. part of it too, but yeah. Yes. I do think the 49ers team building 
is underrated right now because we've seen so many, the Packers know this all too well, so many teams have blown themselves up paying so much money for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Look what happened with Seattle, and they paid Russell Wilson so much money and then couldn't pay for anyone to play 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 offensive line to protect him. Right. And the 49ers are kind of going in a different direction and are saying, "Listen, we're going to get, you know, cheap quarterbacks who are game managers, who don't need to win or lose us the game. They just need to not lose the game right. essentially. <laughs> and we'll surround them with insane talent. We'll surround them with we'll take the money we could have spent on Tom Brady or, you know, Drew Brees or some expensive quarterback or an Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and instead make us unbeatable because we will surround an okay quarterback with mind-blowing talent. What a concept. A, a team sport with a complete team. Right. A very complete, capable team around them. I was having this conversation uh, with someone else and they were like, well, Tom Brady's obviously going to go to the 49ers. And if you're the 49ers, why would you want Tom Brady? He's old. He wasn't very good on the Buccaneers. Yeah, no, I think he's done for real. I think this he's... Is, I think this is the one. I think that the Tampa Bay run was uh, was potentially his last gasp and then he's realizing slowly that Maybe he's getting outplayed a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and if you're the 49ers, I mean, you've Garoppolo, Purdy, uh, who, who is the one in the... Uh, they still have Trey Lance, who they don't know what they have in Trey Lance yet either because he got hurt in week two. If you're the 49ers, you have a lot of great <laughs> options that just need to get you decent. I mean, how many Super Bowls could they be in with Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> <laughs> lots, mean, of po- lots of potential is what I'm saying. Lots of potential. I, I think Purdy has potential. Cooper Rush, maybe not so much. He had a he had a he had a solid few games. He won games for the for the Dallas Cowboys. Fine, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see anything that was like I didn't see anything that was over the moon from him. That you know, he did the job that he needed to do but the there. Beauty but of I the Niners is that they don't need that, and that's a model the Packers should potentially follow. We're going to talk more about potential. The XFL's potential. Absolutely. Speaking of Brock Purdy. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of Brock Purdy. But first, (laughs) we're going to head to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. And here's Jessica Gatzow. Day nights. No, this isn't WTMJ nights. This is the XFL. (laughs) We are going to talk about a pet. A pet love of me and Alan's, Alan Hellis, my co-host from Breaking and Entering and Shepherd Express, Matt Miller from On Milwaukee. Uh, the XFL had its re-re-re-debut this yep. weekend. For those who don't remember, XFL debuted in 2000, 2001. 2001 originally. Mm-hmm. Huge WWE focus, Vince McMahon everywhere. Low-key influential. You forget that you know the sky cams and the cameras on the field were born from the XFL production. Right. Uh, but the league only lasted one season. Um, <laughs> and it limped to the finish line. It truly and deeply limped to the finish line. And then it comes back in 2019, 2020. Yep. When nothing else happened. Right. Not a great time to start a spring league. Great what could have happened? What could have went wrong? Spring in 2020, famously relaxed. Nothing <laughs> else going on. What could have went so wrong? So that then had to finish beforehand. And now it has come back yes. with the former rock, Dwayne Johnson, did you? I mean, we watched the XFL this weekend. What did you make of the product? And for those who also watched the XFL, let us know what you thought of the product on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. We'd love to know what you thought of the XFL. But Alan, did you enjoy the product? Do you think it's good football? I will unapologetically say that I watched every game. Every I, game? I, I at least tuned into a little bit of every game. 
Um, Did my, you have money on it? That's the only reason. No, 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 no. Are I, you The Rock? Is that why you watched he it? He was at every game. He was at every game, Which, but he also yeah. owns the league and has a financial stake in it. So, And two of the games were in Texas, so that helped too. But were they good? Um, or Actually, I'm sorry, three of the four games were in Texas. Um, but in terms of on-field product... It's a little rough around the edges. You made a cring- you made that. a cringy face while saying that. <laughs> now, now look, we watched the 2020 edition of this, and we, we saw you know that it was a it was an okay spring league, which is what I think you know. I mean, it's week one. Yeah, I don't know how much time they've had for training camp. I'm sure they've had months, but and compare this to the first week of the NFL, which was not. I mean, as we learned, that's with an, the it's Packers almost Saints. apples to oranges at this point. I yeah, think, yeah, but the first week of the NFL is never the best football either. That's true. Um, I do think that the on-field product was okay. The production was great. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the biggest jump that I've seen. And this is the best I've seen the production for the XFL at this point. Okay. Um, in terms of, you know, just little things like explaining the rules, uh, because there are some different rules. I do like the different kickoff. There's uh, a, it's a very weird kickoff for those who didn't watch. Instead of the traditional way, the kicker kind of stands on his own. Way back. On, on his end of the field. And the two teams... Are lined up about five yards apart. Uh, Ten yards uh, scrimmage apart. Ten yards apart on the other side of the field. So instead of the two sides running at each other and causing collisions, it's just basically a ten-yard run-up, which is weirdly safety conscious for the XFL. It's made to... Well, okay, I think there's an important point right there, too. You're thinking 2001 Vince McMahon smash-mouth version of football. Yeah. This is more of a football-focused product, less of an entertainment-focused product. And that's very apparent watching this version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the 10-yard-apart scrimmage thing is to reduce you know, full-speed collisions on, on a kickoff play. Um, I think that's smart. I think that's something that I would like to see other you know leagues adopt at some point. But it is weird, like you were saying, because... The receiver has to touch the ball or it has to hit the ground for three seconds before the lines can move. So there's this weird like freeze where the ball is in the air and everyone's just kind of waiting for somebody to catch it. It does feel like your cable has frozen for a brief moment when you're watching an XFL kickoff. It's like you're playing like an old 80s video game and you're just waiting for the ball to get to your guy <laughs> and then they animate after that. You it's know actually what I mean? a pretty good idea. It had a 90% kick return rate during it so they were actually not Mm -hmm. it's not touchbacks every time and there were two touchdowns off of that play so it adds more excitement to special teams i think too and no one got injured in all four games to a a play that in the nfl is a total nothing burger no one watches kickoffs anymore unless it's a a, yeah unless it's a highlight of a run back 80 percent of the time it's a useless play and i also they they did this for the the redo of the xfl as well the extra points mm-hmm. i like the idea of having a one point conversion a two point conversion and a three point conversion cuz it make it brings the game closer it makes you know a a 10 point game suddenly a lot closer it's manageable it's, yes it's more manageable or a blowouts can you know with a 9 point touchdown all of a sudden you know a 12 point lead is a field goal game uh so i like that idea and i think the nfl should maybe think of that did you sure. see the onside kick substitutions as well they have the 4th and 15 instead of an onside kick i like that as well too so so uh the battlehawks actually i forget who they were playing now they the were san down, antonio brahmas yeah that team right uh so <laughs> i remember they were playing against them they were down 15 to 3 with a minute and a half left ended up coming back and winning because they never had to kick an onside kick it's fourth and 15 from your own 25 yard line if you get it 
you get to keep going on that drive. If not, obviously the other team gets to get the ball on the 25-yard yeah. line. Yeah, and I the, like that. Yeah, the I like hope that of too. all of this, and The Rock, is, Dwayne Johnson has talked about this, the hope of this version of the XFL is to become kind of like what the Milwaukee Milkmen's League and the Lake Country Dockhounds League, league is like, where you're not an official... MLB minor league program. You're not right. affiliated with any team, but if there's like a player just crushing it, then the uh, MLB team can drop in and be like, we would love you to like hop yeah. on our roster. That's kind of the hope of the XFL. And I think if you can have some success stories, if you can have the kind of, you know, the Tommy Maddoxes and, you know, PJ Walker. Walker, who was in the 2020 version of the XFL mm-hmm. and played starting quarterback, if you can have some evidence that these XFL guys can make it to the NFL and that this is basically, you know, the minor leagues, the Milwaukee Admirals to the Nashville Predators, right? then I think it becomes a really interesting product because we know people love... I mean, people are going to watch the Combine. Into, That's people true. Are gonna there watch, are people that watch the Combine. People are going to watch dudes run unblocked, <laughs> not playing for a team. They're going to watch them run 40-yard dashes <laughs> and willingly do it and watch people they don't know do that for four hours. Yeah. I like that the marketing of this was very much about having a second look for people that, you know, might've not, you know, been missed by the NFL or people that are trying to work their way back in. Yes. That's a very clever way to say these are people that didn't make it in the NFL. Yeah. But I think that they, they have a good way of acknowledging that and they're not trying to run from that. And they're not trying to compete with the NFL. A couple famous sense. Packers in there, too. We got Brett Hundley, starting quarterback, and Geronimo Allison. Real Correct. real loose use of the word famous there, I will say. Brett Hundley, kind of famous. <laughs> Infamous, I would say, more or less. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Both I, on the Las Vegas Vipers. The question is about the XFL is right now, it's exciting because it's we new. are in, it's new, and also we are in a sports dead zone. Mm-hmm. We are in the worst part of the NBA schedule when no one really wants to care because no one wants to get hurt before the playoffs. Baseball has not even gone to spring training yet. Obviously, the NFL's done. College basketball, March Madness hasn't started. What's going to happen when the staples start back up? What's going to happen when the stuff that people care about starts coming into effect? And will the uh, attendance at these games, which was already to begin with, not great. Sparse. Uh, what will that look like in the future? So that is the one gripe that I have with every spring league that has happened thus far. Because we, we had the Alliance of American Football. The we AF. Had the USFL, which is coming back. Uh, the XFL, obviously the, the 2020 edition. The gripe that I've had with all of these spring leagues so far is that um, essentially you turn these games on and these stadiums are not full because they don't have the right capacity for them. They all look like the Popeye's Bahamas Bowl. Exactly. They all look like bad college football bowl games. And if it looks bad, if people aren't showing up for it, then you think to yourself, well, why am I watching it? Well, also, if you're the casual fan tuning in in Milwaukee, that is not a market, you know, there's not a market near us right now for an XFL team. Why would I care about this if I'm turning this on and there's nobody in the stadium? People lose the idea of what a full stadium really would actually mean. Um, D.C. was one of the the strong points. They were in their MLS stadium, in D.C. United Stadium. It looked full. It was exciting. It was fun. And I will say, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, if you are listening, uh, and hopefully you are, Milwaukee Mustangs, bring them back. This is WTMJ Nights. We left off the world, oh. Every minute and every hour. 
We missed you. XFL. <laughs> yes, we did. Me, Matt Miller from On Milwaukee, and my co-host Alan Hallis of Breaking, Entering, and Shepherd Express missed you, XFL. <laughs> and they did something very interesting this weekend. And this is actually of note for everybody because gambling is taking over sports. Yes. I mean, it's it's been happening for years, and now there are teams in Vegas. You know, the, 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 it's it's happening. It's, inter- it's they're, inescapable. They're at this intertwining. Point. And the XFL took it one step further in something that was different with their broadcast over this weekend. Yes, absolutely. So the line for the game was in the, the bottom line on the, the TV presentation. In the lower it. third. Yes, the in sco- the lower third with the, the score. scores. Right next to the score, you could see what the active line was. I noticed that it changed during the game so that if you wanted to place an in-game bet, it was available. You could see that live while the game was going on. And they also had the over-under, the total over-under for both teams combined. Uh, that was right in there with the stat lines, right in there on, on the bottom score of the of the game as it's going on. Of all the innovations in the XFL, that's probably the one that's going to be taken first yes. in, into the NFL and into even I, I'm amazed Adam Silver hasn't already integrated that into ESPN and TNT broadcasts and yeah. things of that nature. And because it's it's a huge thing right now is the sports gambling. It is a massive moneymaker right now, and it's a massive thing to get eyes on these games and to get people watching otherwise meaningless games. I mean, that is, if you want to make regular season games matter and get people watching regular season games, yeah, put it, put the betting line up on the screen and let people see what it is and make it available. You mean you didn't just tune in for the thrill of the DC defenders against your Seattle sea dragons? Ah, yeah. <laughs> no, we've, we've chosen our teams in the XFL. Uh, <laughs> we've chosen our favorites. And since obviously there is not a Milwaukee team, uh, we've just chosen sporadic teams. Let's go Houston Roughnecks. You are a Houston Roughnecks fan. Their their logo, they have the coolest logo. And the I've XFL. been there. They've been there since 2020. So I'm a longtime fan. I mean, oh, I wow. go back, a you whole know, three years. Whole three years <laughs> since the start of that franchise. I was there. They the, won. Their logo is a little play on the Houston Oilers logo, which I, I think is is very clever. And I wasn't expecting cleverness from the XFL. <laughs> they should just rebrand it. Honestly, As, I'm starting to think that maybe they should drop the xfl name um because i think when you envision xfl the first thing you think of is wwe and fake and like and the term extreme yeah yeah the term extreme um and you also think of failure dwayne johnson (laughs) tried to do something in the uh the initial game and present the x as the intersection between uh like the college and the pros Mm -hmm. and he, he tried to have some clever marketing spin on it it didn't really go over that well um, but I, I think that, yeah, I, I don't know, unless you come up with another thing that X stands for, but people know the brand. And so that's what, you know, that's what they bought. They, it is what it is. They know the brand, but the brand is synonymous with failure. It'd be like, you know, it's like if you name something, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt, like, this league is about second chances. Okay. There's, they're on their like third, second chance. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up. Exactly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and that's someone, the XFL. Someone should put that on an inspirational poster. <laughs> This is WTMJ Nights. Nights. Matt Miller from on Milwaukee on WTMJ Nights talking. What else? The XFL. <laughs> I asked the Old Nation, Old National Bank talk and text line 855 616 1620 for some alternative names because I was wondering do you want to be branded the XFL anymore? It is try. synonymous with failure. Be like owning a car company called Yugo. 
Too soon. Right? Still too soon. So... Uh, we did get a text from somebody, and thank you for all your talking texts during uh, our show today. Uh, rebranding it as the RFL, the Rock Football League. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Though. That's a start. I in, don't hate it. You know what I mean? In text like, slang, isn't RFL rolling on the floor laughing? That's R-O-F-L. So you're fine. You could. You're fine. You can play around. You can play with it. But the internet will be quick to rebrand that the RFL is the ROFL. Yeah. If it's so that's bad, true. If like the ratings are bad, they're like, oh, more like Raffle League. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I, while we were talking about branding as well, you know, I threw my pitch out there to mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson about bringing back the Milwaukee Mustangs as our <laughs> XFL team. And that did get me thinking, if Milwaukee, because I mean, if you're looking at places to put football teams, Milwaukee doesn't have one. Correct. Almost certainly would have a passion for it because obviously we have a passion for the Packers. Mm-hmm. So and one we are the, we are the off market now, technically, you know, yeah. in football terms. We do love a good tailgate. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if Milwaukee got an XFL team, what would its name be? Would it just be the Milwaukee Mustangs? I don't know. Would it be I, the Milwaukee Beers as a tribute to the movie Basketball. There you go. That might be something. It's also important. We have we're getting the Iron District. So that is a that could be an XFL sized stadium and oh. by the point that they're ready to expand out. You're right. And because you could, I did think about this this weekend. And I'm you sorry. could, <laughs> you know, it was the Green Bay Iron in yes. the in the uh, the Arena League back in the day, but that is now defunct. So there was the Milwaukee Iron Men. There was the Milwaukee Iron Men. Why couldn't you be the Milwaukee Iron playing in the Iron District, yeah. playing XFL football? You know, the I, potential's there. Wheels are turning. You're all in on the there. XFL now. I can I, see it. I mean, I'm certainly more in on the XFL than I am the USFL, which has now quickly become the other football, the other other football league. <laughs> that was it was very fast, but yes, that happened. Took two seasons. Their ads during the Super Bowl were really sad, where they were trying to call out the XFL and being like, "Everyone knows what the real fake football league is, and it's us." And I believe the Spring League is still happening too. Uh, football. Oh no, I'm sorry, that's defunct. Never mind. The AF. No, no, not the AAF. Uh, there was one that was just the Spring League. They didn't have teams with cities. They were all played in, I believe... Wasn't it Birmingham, Alabama? Uh, the AAF played in... Oh, okay. um, See, this is a problem. I'm getting them <laughs> There's confused. too many spring football <laughs> leagues. Obviously, there's somebody is pushing the idea, but I think the XFL is the best shot at success so far. And you brought up the Iron District. You know, it'd be great to have an XFL team there, but we know they're getting a soccer team in there. I know they've taken... Um, voter or uh, fan. You can name the team. We are naming, we are in the process of hopefully naming the team. I'm mm-hmm. sure some finalists are going to be announced shortly that we can vote on. I was going to say submissions have already closed on that, but we should be getting close to some options. Yeah. And I'm very interested because you and me are both soccer fans. We both have Correct. our Premier League teams. You got me into soccer. We were huge. World. We were the weirdos waking up at 4.30 to watch, you know, <laughs> Morocco versus Azerbaijan. <laughs> Azerbaijan was not in the tournament this it year, but Morocco was the story of the summoning tournament for the me. St- summoning countries off the top of my head. But <laughs> with a soccer team coming to us, uh, not quite MLS level, but kind of the next tier down. The next tier down, yes. Uh, the USL Championship uh, which is the next league down. There is a team in Madison, forward Madison, that is the USL League One, which is the next level down. Yeah, it's the... the it's kind of built on the English tier system. Yeah, or if you think of like minor league baseball terms, that's the double A to the Milwaukee team's triple A. Right, exactly. Do you think Milwaukee could become a soccer, titty, a, a soccer city then? I believe... Uh, I think that this is a great effort, and I we've been to a forward Madison match. Uh, Matt and I both went last uh, summer, and 
the game day experience we were saying at Breeze Stevens Field actually felt very much like a you know like what you would expect I think from a lower tier European team. Not For that we've been able to go. But. Forty degree rainy night in the fall with was, the Wisconsin Badgers playing Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, it yes. was a live wire crowd. There were people doing the chants and doing, you know, stuff in the stands. And there were drums. They had a, They brought a cow. <laughs> they had cows there. <laughs> there were cows there. Uh, adequately named Rose Cowbell after Rose Lavelle from the uh, from the U.S. Women's National Team, and who was also from Madison. For, yeah. yeah. So it, it's very interesting, though. Yeah. I, you know, we're such a football city. And it would it would we get behind? I think we could get behind a soccer team and really, you know, become a place like you know Portland or Seattle. These places that have really owned yeah. these soccer teams, and that's become their ground. I think the the adaptation of the Premier League to U.S. audiences has really paved the way for that. I think the more that that you see that, and the more you see interest in U.S. men's national team soccer especially with the World Cup coming to the United States, coming to North America. The women's national team always... Being great, and they're going to be great again this year in the Women's World Cup this summer. And then America has the World Cup coming in just four years now. Yeah, so Apple streaming, too, getting in on an MLS deal, helping out a lot, too, probably. That's also going to be very interesting as well. Who knows? Soccer may be the next thing. In sports in Milwaukee. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, Make sure to stay tuned for the next big thing here on WTMJ Nights as well. This is WTMJ Nights. And now here's your host, Matt Miller. Welcome to WTMJ Nights. Hour three, hour the third (laughs) <laughs> the trio. I'm joined. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Milwaukee culture editor, and I'm joined by Alan Hallis, music writer at Breaking and Entering and Shepherd Express. I'd like to think, since we're both writers, we're decent at spelling. You would think. You would hope. <laughs> Most Our, of the time, I'm pretty okay. My editor would probably beg to differ. Uh, I, I bring this up because I'm Milwaukee. Uh, my publication is hosting an adult spelling bee. Sounds fun. The second annual adult. It is fun. I can confirm. I Bi- missed the first. Biased, but, but I am. I can confirm. Uh, the second annual spelling bee on Friday night, Friday, February twenty fourth, from seven to ten at the Cooperage. It's a lot of fun. It's a spelling bee. You may remember that. And if if you're like me, you have memories of the spelling bee when you were in grade school. <laughs> and I, I have a, a heartbreaking one, honestly. Oh no! So when I was in grade school, I I don't want to brag. This is going to be a, a humble brag. Uh, I was pretty good at spelling. I was a pretty good speller. And it got around time for the spelling bee. And I think I had won all like the, the previous ones oh. in the class, like kind of the warm-up ones. You really were going to go with a humble brag here. Okay. It's just a full brag all at this point. All of the point. spelling bees. I won all of the bees. <laughs> so, uh, so the spelling bee, the official one, rolls around. And one of my words is business. And for some odd reason... I thought that it was a fancy, weird word, and that it was spelled <laughs> B-U-I-S-N-E-S-S, and I got out of the spelling bee. I failed. I the thought they word. were trying to trick you. I thought it was a, I thought in my head that it was some convoluted word that had like a little trick into it, and poor sixth, fifth, sixth grade Matt bombed <laughs> out of the spelling bee very early on the word business Oof. like it like a 
idiot. I D I O T. Idiot. Ding. You got that one. You did. You have. Uh, did you have a spelling bee back in your the, grade school days? Okay, so the only spelling bee that I remember was kindergarten. And oh, so, wow. yeah, that's how far back I'm Words going. Words like deer? I, I couldn't, tell, couldn't tell you the criteria, but I can tell you it was probably pretty basic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, did not win. I know that for sure, um, which is weird because I've actually been reading and writing for a very long time. I could, I could read when I was like two. I thought you were just ending that sentence. Like, <laughs> I, I could read. read. <laughs> stop. Full stop. No, um, I, I could read since a very young age and uh, could write at a very young age. I was using a typewriter back at my parents' house, I swear. Wow. Yeah. Like the whole clackety clack clack. You were like, yeah. did you have like the old It was mostly hat? a toy. No, yeah. <laughs> I had a little pork pie hat and then a little thing that said press. And that's you, how I'm here. You ended all your sentences with the word C? Listen here, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was very old timey, even for, you know, two years old. I have a pretty bad spelling bee story as well. If oh, we, no. if we need one, go yeah, for it. Yeah, and we also want, if you have horrible horror uh, spelling bee nightmares, let us know on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. What's yours? Uh, so I was... In the, every school in my district did a class spelling bee. Mm-hmm. Whoever from both class, each grade, each school had about two, like fifth grades, two sixth grades. So mm-hmm. those classes would combine. You would then compete in your class. If you got out through your class, you would go to the district spelling bee. Yeah. So in fourth grade, I won the class spelling bee. <laughs> There's air this quotes. This isn't a horror story. This is a uh, well. It, it gets worse. It gets worse. So. Oh, no. My school, when I go to the district spelling bee, is um, we are, for some reason, labeled the first school. So there are five elementary schools in my district. It would go school one, school two, school three, school four, school five, then the next grade. So it was then fifth grade, school one, school two. My school, let's say, is school one in this situation. Okay. So it was a competition between the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth graders. So my school is school one. I am a fourth grader. I am the first person in the spelling bee. Nightmares. Oh, no. And the word is pecan. <laughs> like, oh. like the nut? Well, like a delicious exactly. Pecan pie? So she pronounces <laughs> it pecan, also known as pecan. Oh, she no. gave me two pronunciations for it. Oh. I fold. I get the word wrong. I spell it P-E-A-C-A-N. Oh, no. On the very first word of the entire spelling bee. Well, you were set up for failure there. That's not fair at all. And also, the nice thing is you made all the other kids feel better. The next kid got the word ride. Oh. Wow. Seems like a big difference. That is, that's cruelty. They were just out for you on that. That's all that was. But that is, you know, I think he did a service there because no one wants to be the first one out. And the I mean, spelling bee, because that's like the, the 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 shame, shame, shame. And he bravely took on the word <laughs> pecan or pecan. Or I like know. the way that you're spinning it. Yeah, I I, I cried. It was it oh, was a rough. Oh, it was a rough oh, first. Boy. Yeah, oh, my man. very first word. Five minutes into the spelling bee, and I got it wrong. And I want to say I was the only kid eliminated in the first round. Oh wow! Because I mean, it was the fourth. Other kids first... were getting words like ride. Right, I, I felt mean... a little robbed after that. Too. Yeah, you were set up yeah. easily. Yeah. You were yeah. definitely four set letter up. word you versus taken that to the to the district. multiple pronunciations. I did win the math counts competition two years with okay, my team, now though, so I came back. Now no, you're pulling I came a me, yes. and you're humble bragging right now. <laughs> well, I didn't win anything, guys. Again, I don't know. <laughs> let us know your bad. childhood spelling bee horror stories on the 
old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. You have a list of words that hopefully you didn't get at your spelling bee. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm looking up per Grammarly the 10 most commonly misspelled words. Uh, so I'm not going to put you on the spot here, Matt, and make you spell any of these. Because okay. I am definitely guilty of getting at least three of these wrong at one point or another. All right. I know for a fact. Uh, the, the most misspelled word is apparent. Really? Yes. Because a lot of people use A-P-P-A-R-A-N-T, which is not correct. It's E-N-T. Uh, believe, which I get is a common I before E. Yeah. Um, entrepreneur. Oh, entrepreneur is a dumb word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, license, privilege, pronunciation. Privilege is a tricky, tricky hard one. Yes. Uh, separate, which is another one that is another like E-A, like you're, for some reason your brain just goes, you know, P-E-R-A-T-E, which is not right. Um, it is P-A-R-A-T-E, separate. Uh, tendency, weird, which is definitely That's one that- That's a classic. Yeah, That's a classic. weird is, is one business, that I- Is business not showing up on this Business list? is not. I'm sorry. I hate <sighs> to tell you this. What about Econ? Pecan is not in there. <laughs> Neither is pecan. Neither one of those are in there. Um, weather is actually the the tenth most commonly which, misspelled word because of, uh, think weather, it's... as in news, traffic, and weather. Oh, hey, yeah. which you'll have to stay tuned for that. We'll talk more spelling bee horror stories after the break here on WTMJ Nights. Nights. She took my love, then ran around with every single. Missed opportunity for ABC, easy as one, two, three. We did that already. Well, did we already do that? Yeah. Spell- oh. Yeah, I got you. Because that's just our straight-up intro music. Yeah, we are talking spelling bees here in honor of the second annual on Milwaukee Adult Spelling Bee happening Friday night at the Cooperage. Uh, I already talked about how I am forever haunted by the word business. Yes. Because I was a dummy in school and misspelled business. We got a text from somebody on our old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. I won my school spelling bee and went to the regionals, and I went out early on the word anxious. Oh, that's a tough. That's uh, that's actually a tougher one. How to do you go think? How do you think they 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 messed up the word? Where do you think Anxious? things went awry? It's the U. It's definitely the U. They right? got the U. They threw a bonus C in there. A N X C I O U S. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I mean, look, I mean, we went th- out. You know on, we I were saying you... other words that we went out on before that were. I mean, not I got out on business. I can't judge anyone's words. Exactly. Uh, I mean, and you know what? I bet you that person has never misspelled the word anxious we were, ever yeah. again. The words that you go out on are definitely the ones that haunt you forever. Or like stuff that I chronically misspell in articles. I always have to go back and now like I cannot forget them. You yeah. know what I mean? We got another one here uh, from an awesome talking texter. Uh, my spelling bee story, I got the word hazard. And this was around the time when the Dukes of Hazard was a big show on television. So I spelled oh. it with the double Z which is incorrect, and I was eliminated. I blame TV for my failure. Much like the uh, pecan story, I mean, you're set up for failure there. Yeah, and also... Society set you up on that one. I want TV for... I blame TV for my failure. I want that on my tombstone when I die. (laughs) I think that's just a good motto for my whole entire life. We also have a call on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line from Frank from the East Side. Frank, tell us your spelling bee nightmare horror story. Well, it's not necessarily mine. It's my sister, um, who we were from a smaller town. She ends up winning Spellaby. We move on down to Dayton, Ohio, because we were from Ohio at the time. And that was like the next level. And so there's a couple, like two rounds. 
And the kid ahead of her, you'd think these would be the good spellers. He misspelled the word stupid. Oh, that's devastating. Oh, oh wow. That's brutal. S-T-U-P-E-D. <laughs> S-T-U-P-E-D. And the, everyone sat there and tried not to laugh. <laughs> you know? Do I you can think remember that... exactly where we were sitting. I can remember exactly looking at him. And then my sister has to spell next. And she's like, oh, yeah, oh, stupid. S-T-U-P-I-D. Stupid. <laughs> The oh. fact that this is even a spelling bee word, though, is like somebody set this up for, you know, they're just making right. fun of that kid. That That's intentional on the spelling bee master's part. Thank you so much for that incredible story, Frank. That is that is wild. But yeah, you have to you can't put a word like stupid in there. That's that's just yeah. asking for a, a nightmare story like that. Do you think that guy gets free like therapy after that? Because he should from the school board. If I was a therapist, I would be at that spelling bee and just be handing out my cards to all the parents as they walk out. As the kids walk off. I mean, is there a word worse to spell wrong than stupid? That That seems like the worst word you could spell wrong. What if you misspelled the word misspell? That's too ironic, though. That's fine. Spelling yeah, the word, misspelling the word stupid is bad because it, it sets up a lifetime of jokes and this story that we have like now. You're so yeah. dumb you can't even spell it. You're so <laughs> yeah. stupid you can't even that spell person, it. Yes, the that jokes person make leaves themselves. the state. That person moves to Montana. And <laughs> that's the one that won like that region. Like That was their representative they sent. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. That was the, that's like when we send the, the Jets to London for football. <laughs> like We tell... This is the best we've got. So Watch at least this. <laughs> at least they had the accolade though of making it out of their school and getting into the regional round. Listen, and again, I can't judge. I misspelled business. Maybe somebody just really didn't like that school and they were just setting people up for failure that way too. Their stupid school. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. were they were against them, or, and so they you know, wanted that. It's maybe it's the, the 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 thing where you know you're a bad test taker. Like you know the pressure gets to you, and all of a sudden your brain just implodes, and you go st. U-U-P-I-D, you know? <laughs> Matt, can I ask you about the the Onwalkie, the Cooperage Spelling Bee, the adult spelling bee? Yes. Are there going to be any local themed in there? Like, uh, you know, local businesses, local people, Funny you should like mention, that? we do have a participation where people can spell uh, famous actors or celebrities from Milwaukee with long names. One of them, obviously, being Giannis Antetokounmpo. A word that I don't misspell, because I, I write a Bucks column, and it is definitely... One that I had to learn. Same here. Don't I put me on the spot. I very might get much it wrong. learned. How, I very much have that ingrained in my memory. And we're going to talk a little Giannis because we got good news today about his wrist, but it may be bad news if you want to see Giannis anytime soon on the court. We'll talk more about that on WTMJ Nights. Day Nights. What you gonna do? Who you gonna tell? Maybe a hundred bad days made a hundred good stories. A hundred good stories make me interesting at parties. A hundred bad days. I'm never interesting at parties. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Matt Miller. I'm the guy who sits in the corner and asks people if they saw Tar. Uh, <laughs> Matt Miller from on Milwaukee here. I am joined by Alan Hallis, music writer at Breaking and Entering and Shepherd Express. I'm from on Milwaukee. Uh, we were talking about Giannis before we went to the break. We were talking spelling bees. And words you can't spell. Can, I can spell Antetokounmpo now. It's like McConaughey when I was writing about the Oscars oh. 10 years ago. And now we just Matthew McConaughey's name is locked Locked in the vault. We got good news the other day about Giannis's wrist. He has not suffered any serious damage to his wrist. It's just a sprained ligament. He went to New York. They did some more tests. And it's nothing that's going to stop his season. However, I am going to argue 
that I would not mind seeing very little Giannis for the next two months of this basketball season. I am all on board for the load management of Giannis from here on out. Cause we oh. talked about this a little earlier <laughs> that Giannis is a guy who will go 110% no matter the score of the game, no right. matter the circumstances, all-star game up 21 with a minute to go. He will go full tilt. Yeah. And I am nervous. This is now twice. I said, like we, we talked about the Hornets game, him going for a block with 30 seconds to go up 11, yeah, he's getting injured in meaningless moments. Yeah, and I'm just, you almost have to kind of protect himself from himself here a little bit. Right. And be like, hey, I know you're going to, I know your wrist doesn't hurt that bad because it sounds like it's pain management from here on out. Right. That it's not, you know, a surgery going to be necessary. He's not going to need any work on it. He just needs to, you know, deal with the pain of this wrist. Mm-hmm. And he will, he will want to play. Oh, I don't yeah, know Giannis, 100%. I, but Giannis would love to play in their return from the All-Star break against the Heat at home. I'm sure he is petitioning B- Coach Budenholzer to be like, put me in, Coach. I'm right. ready to play today. <laughs> Wrong sport, but same attitude. And I think they're going to have to tell him, like, no, we need that wrist 100% healed. And we also don't want you doing anything, you know, frankly, we don't need you now against the heat or against the thunder we're gonna make the playoffs we're gonna have a good seed you 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 heal up and let us ride this and you come back with like 10 games to go i think it's gonna be interesting so the bucks are coming back friday night after and they are on still on a 12 game winning streak tied for the longest uh winning streak in the nba right not now. that you know on you know the the four four letter flagship <laughs> on the TV station. Right. They no, got Lakers to talk about. They got Lakers to talk about. They are they are on a 12-game winning streak. They've got Miami. They've got a, a primetime game against Phoenix on Sunday. It's a tough schedule coming up. Right. So I I part of me wants to see Giannis play. And not not necessarily in Miami, maybe the the Phoenix game. Um regarding what you're saying about load management, though, I thought the the Timberwolves, uh Anthony Edwards had a really good quote during the All-Star Media uh mixer. And he was saying all these guys are sitting and resting. And he said, you know, that's the only thing that he doesn't like is is the idea of load management. Um, you know, the people that come to watch you might only have the money to come see you at one game, and it's the game that they're sitting out. So I think that's Giannis's mentality as well, is that, you know, these people paid to see me. I am the focal point of this team. Now, granted, we are seeing some great basketball out of Drew Holiday right now. Yep. Brooke Lopez is looking amazing right now. Incredible, Brooke. And this is kind of almost a blessing in disguise because I've talked about this team runs really well when they let Brooke Lopez do some offense. Yes, exactly. And for some odd reason, I mean, we saw it during the Boston Celtics series in the playoffs last year. For some odd reason, they just did not want to bother with Brooke Lopez on offense. Mm -hmm. They just let him camp out in the corner, shoot the occasional three, and it, it's it's in unnerving, and you know, with Giannis hurt and with Bobby Portis still hurt, right? Uh, you know, maybe this gives Lopez some time to cook. This gives time to let Jay Crowder get comfortable with the Bucks. And I would like to see get that used too, to yes. get used to playing again because again, he hasn't played all season long. Right, that's true. But in in terms of Giannis, though, I mean, every game that he's in, he's leading the Bucks in either points, rebounds, or assists. At least one, if not all three. That is a big piece of your offense to lose. Now, granted, like I said, 12-game winning streak, maybe the first signs that the boat is rocking is when it's time to really start thinking about getting Giannis back into the rotation. Um, I don't necessarily want to see him, you know, go on, you know, get paused for the rest of the season or until things are really bad. 
I mean, I know that's where you you think is that I most mean, of I, the season. Li- listen, as somebody who's going to go to a Bucks game and is more than sympathetic towards the people who you know save up to go to a game and then mm-hmm. find out you know everybody they know on these teams isn't playing. That's that straight up stinks. Right. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win championships here. Yeah, we are, we are the Milwaukee Bucks. You don't get players like Giannis very often and you're certainly not going to sign them in free agency like not right now no no and probably not ever milwaukee is not an attractive place for free agents to sign in the nba big name ones not in the and current we have landscape been blessed the NBA. with yes. a draft pick in Giannis that turned out to be as great as we thought he could be and also has the personality and the humbleness to want to play in a market like Milwaukee and stay here and build something here. Yeah, there's so a there's you, a purity about him. You have to wring as much out of this opportunity as possible in terms of winning championships and in terms of making it to the finals mm-hmm. because who knows when you're going to ever have something like this again. And if that means, you know, Giannis doesn't play against the Phoenix Suns because, you know, he could go like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd much rather see him play in the playoffs than see him play five, five nights from now. I I would like to, I don't know, I a little part of me still wants to see the matchup because you only get Phoenix twice. We do get Phoenix again um, later on in March. In so Phoenix. Yes, in Phoenix. So, but if you bought tickets to that game, you're thinking finals rematch. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that was the, Especially the draw. Now that that. They have Durant and they've got Booker and like they've that is now the favorite in the West. Yes. This game is on national TV for a reason. Yes. And Giannis is a big part of that. And so I think, you know, yes, you have great players in Drew Holiday. You have great players in Brooke Lopez. You Chris have an Middleton. international star in in Giannis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can understand I can see both sides of this wanting him, you know, to rest him and wanting him to, you know, be out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Intentionally, I think that you know once you see those first signs of trouble is when you, it's really time to to take Giannis and say, okay, we're we're putting you back in here. <laughs> yeah, take things to the next level, and I think that's why you know you're not going to see him rested for the entire second half of the season. No, you're because you, you have to figure out how he plays with Jay Crowder. How he, I mean, we still don't know how he really plays with Middleton yet because Middleton's not up to full strength yet, and we I, like this team has not gotten a chance to play together yet. Right, and I do think. That's a little overrated on some level, but I also think you do need to know how these guys play right. and how and how they feel comfortable with one another. And that's all going to be very interesting to unpack. And we'll unpack even more after the break here on WTMJ Nights. Nights. Well, nobody knows when Giannis is coming back to the Bucks yet. Hopefully sooner than later. But what we do know Mm -hmm. is that Potawatomi is getting a sports book. Yes. Sports betting is coming to Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. They're getting rid of the Northern Lights Theater and going to be replacing that with a sports book. It was only a matter of time before sports betting made its way to Milwaukee and Mm -hmm. to the general greater Milwaukee area. I know you do a little bit more of the... The games than I do, yeah. In terms of sports betting, what what do you think this is going to do to the Milwaukee sports landscape? Well, they are not the first uh, sports betting location in Wisconsin. That's um, true. There's currently, I believe, in Green Bay uh, at a casino up there. Yes, uh, but it is an exciting time. It's interesting for me. Um, I I do think that this is going to maybe change a little bit of the way that people view sports betting. Um, I think initially there's going to be a big rush towards it. Yeah, because it's the new shiny thing. 
Um, I think you're going to see a lot of people those first couple weeks because what they're doing is they're putting in uh, the actual sports book in the Northern Lights Theater is going to be, um, I believe, a later development, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, there's going to be two separate areas where um, where there are betting kiosks at Potawatomi. Yeah, there's going to be like a drive-in, basically, sports. But not yeah, you'll have a 10-minute like... parking spaces, enough yeah. to go run across the skywalk, place your bet, and come back. I think those initial first couple weeks, everybody's going to want to get in on it. Mm-hmm. I think that is definitely um, going to be a piece of it. But what I think, ultimately, when you look down the line at this, and as sports betting kind of becomes, you know, like we were just saying, weaved into, you know, the more, presentation of sports. More mainstreamed, 100%. Yeah, I think that it is going to get to the point where it's going to make it an attraction for Potawatomi. But also think of po- Potawatomi's proximity to the Deer District, to the Iron District, when it gets built, the you know, to Pfizer Forum in general. What's stopping you from on your way down to a game, you know, stopping in and, and maybe putting a couple bucks down? If you're paying, let's say, $60 face value for a ticket in the lower level or something like that, and you could win some of that back, I'm sure people are interested in that. Well, and Potawatomi is very smart to get in on this fast now. Right. Because, I mean, there's always talk of bringing gambling into arenas and yes. making it able to place bets from inside of these places. And once that starts happening, once once it gets that easy, mm-hmm. right now, Potawatomi needs to, is, is doing a good job of kind of making itself, building itself into the habit of right. this. If you are a person who wants to pay, place a bet, like, you will have to go to Pato and that... that Kind of gets it into the habit, habitual nature of it. Right. Whereas when, like, when Pfizer does it, then it becomes easy. Right. Then it becomes, and I, I say when it's a, it's a more of a more of a when than an if because sports gambling is just going to increase, and especially at a place like Pfizer Form that is NBA focused. Yes. Adam Silver has talked about how much he loves bringing more sports gambling into the NBA. We were talking about the XFL being very gambling focused. I'm very surprised that the NBA was not the first league to really get in on. I know that they have a a betting partner. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The league has a betting partner. That's an initiative that they're looking at. I'm sure uh, many of the other top tier leagues are going to find their own way to get on this. I think a lot of these apps that are predictor apps right now that Mm -hmm. you have on TV. um, I think a lot of those are going to ultimately become gambling apps and yeah. just their way to get in you know what i mean while they can kind of thing mm-hmm. potawatomi also has an app so i could see this becoming a portion uh, of it too is that you could use the potawatomi app at some point now this is that's unconfirmed i yeah, don't know that that's this is speculative speaking speculative like but, other than the fact that potawatomi is getting a sports book that is confirmed that is happening yes i would not be surprised if they utilize the app and then like we were talking about you know you could bet in the arena I mean, you can be betting, live betting in games. I will say, I went to a sports book in uh, Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois, just outside of Chicago, uh, just to see what it was, because Illinois already has this. Mm-hmm. And um, as somebody that what doesn't mind putting a little money down on a game once in a while, sensory overload. The first it's time I walked a into lot. a sports book. I was one in one in Vegas, and already mm-hmm. a sensory overload, but it's it's so many TVs. It's so much of a muchness. Yes. Um, uh, but I, I, I think people are going to really like it. I have to ask a, a kind of curveball question here. Okay. Is the acceptance of and mainstreaming of sports gambling, do you think that's going to loosen up Pete Rose getting into the Hall of Fame at some point <laughs> and getting accepted back into he, the mainstream? He placed the first game? bet in Cincinnati for legalized sports betting. Did you guys see that clip? That's I mean, amazing that marketing. By they, yeah, they decided Pete Rose, to get when Cincinnati or Ohio, the state of Ohio, legalized it, Pete Rose placed the first ever sports bet on the Cincinnati Reds to win the World Series in 2023. <laughs> 
That's amazing. And a, I, I a, think an embarrassing that was bet great. for him because yeah, he's, not not, he's not making no. that money back. But I do wonder, you know, he had, the, and obviously, you know, we can debate. You know, I, I'm obviously gambling on the game while you're participating and playing the game. Massive no no, can't be doing that. Right. That is, <laughs> we are not advocating for that. Sure. But do you think gambling becoming more integrated into these sports is going to loosen up people's feelings towards him i think so um i think at some point it's going to be normalized you know i i don't ever think that you know people are always going to look at him in the context of what was going on in that era yeah. and when it was still very much a thing you could not do and everything you know? he's done since then like pete rose has kind of been more on the <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, okay do i think he will eventually get into the baseball hall of fame maybe I'm not. I would go so far as to say I could see that happening posthumously. Posthumously, yes. I mean, that that's, is, that's that's, that's, yeah. where I'm that's probably how he's yeah, going. They're not going to let baseball, him see it. Yeah, yeah. They they they're going to have a really hard time letting him walk on that stage and accept the honor because it'll be. I think in the sports writers' minds, like accepting defeat. Right. It's proven a point kind of thing. Yeah. And I think the generation gap of the writers that are voting him in, or the people that are allowed to vote him in, I think eventually time will just heal that wound a little bit enough to get him there. Yeah, so obviously the sports book is moving into Potawatomi, but it is replacing the Northern Lights Theater, which will be yes. closing. What does this mean for the music scene in Milwaukee? And what about the other 50 other music venues that seem to be popping up around town? I just happen to have a music writer here in my studio with me. We'll talk about that more after the break. Lights. Some good music. Conveniently enough, we're talking about music. I just want to say we are also taking your spelling bee horror stories uh, in in memory of me misspelling business in the fifth grade. Uh, so let us know your spelling bee horror stories on the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. But we're also talking music because we were talking about the Northern Lights theaters bowing out. But Milwaukee's got a plethora of music venues coming iron district is yes. going to have a music venue there's the various other plentiful ones uh there's going to be a frank productions uh run venue on the old bradley center site as well that's right so what is, uh, you're the music writer alan hallis at breaking and entering as well as at shepherd express so what does this mean for the milwaukee music scene you hear about all these venues opening up what does this mean? Is this just a lot of the same stuff coming to town or is, is it an oversaturation or is this fixing a problem? Um, well, in some ways fixing a problem, in some ways creating a whole new situation, a whole new ball game for, uh, for the venues in town. Um, the two major players in this are Frank Productions, uh, which are affiliates w- affiliated with Live Nation, okay. uh, which is one of the biggest, the biggest touring company in the world. Um, the Iron District is also going to have an affiliation uh, with the Paps Theater Group locally, okay. as well as AEG, which is Live Nation's biggest conf- competitor. Okay. So that's where we kind of stand. Um, the Paps Theater Group will operate the music venue at the Iron District with the new soccer stadium. Um, okay. So that will be there. Uh, Frank Productions will operate the Pfizer Forum one, the Bradley Center site one, uh, which is right across from Turner Hall Ballroom, operated by the Paps Theater Group. So do these venues give Milwaukee a better chance of getting... A Beyonce tour, an Adele tour, uh, you know, enter an Olivia Rodrigo tour, like these big name tours. Does this mean that they're not going to skip over us for Chicago anymore? No, not necessarily. So um, the ones, the names that you mentioned, Adele, you know, Beyonce, things like that. 
that is where they would land at a Pfizer forum. They would land at a, honestly, an American family field, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, these are going to be more mid-sized venues in the sense that you're going to get uh, more buzzing indie acts, things that, you know, are already kind of making an appearance here, but you're going to see a lot more of, uh, you mentioned Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, she played a show at the Rave. That's right. Yeah, I could see was... this, you know, that uh, the ballroom roughly about the size of what we would be getting uh, with the Pfizer forum. I keep saying Pfizer forum district, but the, Dear district venue. Let's but does say. does even having more music venues make your city more desirable for big acts? Like Beyonce obviously wouldn't be performing at, you know, a smaller theater, but mm-hmm. if a city has a bunch of music venues and a bunch of uh, and a, mu- a music presence like that, does that make it more appealing? In some ways, yes. Having the newest, shiniest one is always nice. Okay. You want a room that that has good sound. And that was for years a problem with the Bradley Center is that it was a big iron box. It was a big metal box. And so any of that sound really didn't reverberate off of that building well. Even if you went to, let's say, like when the Milwaukee Admirals played there and you saw a pregame or postgame concert, if you were on the other side of the ice, you were hearing that song twice. Yeah, you that, were hearing kick drums twice. That place was a bomb shelter. I love the Bradley Center. It's uh, where I have lots of memories. I grew up there, but yes, that was, was a thing. Was, was not designed for the future. So acoustics were a big part in building Pfizer for him, and acoustics are going to definitely be a big part of what goes into these two new uh, venues. The competitive nature of now what is going on with Paps Theater Group and Frank Productions, that is going to be the bi- biggest win, I think, for the Milwaukee concert goer, mm-hmm. not necessarily the promoters themselves, because you know uh, I think eventually one of those rooms doesn't necessarily get booked as much as the other. I don't know. You know, we'll we'll find out what's going to be the more popular of the two. Um, but I, it's an interesting time for a music fan in Milwaukee because they are going to get they're going to take more chances on acts because they have rooms to fill now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not not saying that they weren't already. Um, the Paps Theater Group has definitely kind of upped their game as well. They uh, they have the booking rights to the Miller High Life Theater. They have the back room at Colectivo on Correct. the east side. On the east side, so they have smaller a smaller room. venue, um, which is doing a really great job of booking some great uh, indie bands and young bands in the uh, the indie rock scene around UWM. So yeah. the east side music scene is actually doing really well right now. Uh, as a product of the backroom of Collectivo booking local acts. Yeah, one final question before we throw to break one more time. Where what is the Milwaukee music scene place right now? What is our status in the like obviously we're I can't imagine we're in New York or in LA, but do people nationwide know anything about Milwaukee? Um I think they're learning, especially right now uh hip hop in general, they're learning a lot through TikTok, believe it or not. Oh. There's a lot of discovery of Milwaukee music through TikTok. Um, there's a, a very viral YouTube rap scene that exists. But then, like I said, there's the indie rock scene happening on the east side. Uh, you have places like Cactus Club and Bayview that are, you know, a gem and, and really, you know, a, a revered independent venue. All sorts of things like that. There's a lot of pockets of Milwaukee music that if you really go down that rabbit hole and you want to discover some of them, you're going to find something really great. And you might find your next greatest artist or your next people that are going to play at those bigger venues. Well, that's well, that's outstanding. And hopefully you find your next great radio listen by sticking around after our <laughs> final break here. And we'll uh, close out, hopefully, a really nice WTMJ Nights. Nights. I'm so glad to know you. I learned something grave in that break there about my co-host, Alan Hallis of Shepherd <laughs> Express and Breaking and Entering. 
This man has been sharing this room for me for two hours and 53 minutes. Okay, okay, okay. And I am now discovering that you have not seen Top Gun Maverick. I was going to say, you brought on Sandy Max earlier, and you were discussing that she was the one person that had not seen Top Gun Maverick. And now I find out there is the not second. one but two. Yeah, I, I thought I would wait till you know, late to just let you know. What did you even do last year? <laughs> you had seven months to see this movie. What were you doing? I, I was... Finding out about all these new music venues in Milwaukee and all of these things. What has your been reluct- your reluctance to seeing Top Gun Maverick, the great American movie? I don't even really want to tell you, but I haven't seen the original. That's fine. The oh, okay. thing about the original Top Gun is that it's a bad film. I okay. also did not see the original, but saw Maverick. Yeah, Top Gun One is it's got some good jets. If you like to just watch like watching jets take on and off, that's fun. Okay, but the, as an actual functioning f- film, mm-hmm. it's not good. Okay, And then Top Gun Maverick shows up, takes that terrible foundation of the first movie and builds a beautiful house on top of it that you just want to stay in for hours upon hours. It's very good. I take it there's no more infamous volleyball scene or infamous... There is not a volleyball scene. There is a football scene. It's kind of like an homage to? Yeah, it has a spiritual successor. Okay. I don't Uh, think we're spoiling anything for anybody that hasn't seen it. That's because there's only two people left. (laughs) And it's me and and Sandy Max. Max. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Best Picture nominee... Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Do you have any predictions for the Oscars? Do you have any any expectations? I will go so far as to say nobody's getting slapped this time around. I would imagine no <laughs> one will get slapped this year, unless it's a bit. Uh, and yeah. I could see them trying to do a bit and everyone in the house groaning and being I, like, no, please am, let us move on. I am interested to see what Jimmy Kimmel does with it. I will say that because that is, a, I, like, we kind of established I'm a casual movie person. Like, you know, like not even casual, not even casual, apparently can't even basic, make the time yes. to see Top Gun. I, as a basic movie fan, the entertainment aspect for it, for me is going to be, what does Jimmy Kimmel do with it? Um, where do they go regarding that slap and how do they, because they're, they're you got to say something. It was one I of the would, biggest things to I come really out of last hope year. They don't though, because honestly, that topic was just, just this is their year to leave it. I mean, you can't leave it lie. It's too big to leave it lie. And honestly, okay, as a as a just pop culture observer, one of the bigger pop culture moments of the year, and, and they, you know, the Oscars are are craving for something like that. But it's just been, I mean, this isn't a pun, not intended. It's just been beaten so hard this subject and like all the invent like the oscars being like i am outraged and listen i am not condoning i really Wilson thought you were slapping gonna say someone it. on the stage and definitely not condoning him getting to come back on stage and basically defend it in his acceptance speech i really Truly thought you were gonna say that night. they hit you over the head with it but never mind <laughs> but it, it gets to a point where it's just like like will smith this villainization of like everything he's ever like oh my gosh will audiences be able to watch anything with him ever again and it's like yeah people still saw uh hacksaw ridge the mel gibson the uh, mel gibson got nominated for an oscar five years ago five six years ago so i think the (laughs) pop cultural memory is pretty short sure so yeah, it's. I, I'll be interested to see what happens with the Oscars. I'll be interested to see if Top Gun Maverick wins anything, mm-hmm. uh, because you'd think it would win a bunch of technical awards because it is such a technical achievement. But right. Avatar two is nominated in so many places. I will say, I think Avatar takes the the more technical things. You you know, special effects, things like that. Yes. Um, I I said earlier, based on just the buzz that was around it, I will say everything, everywhere, all at once is my is my best picture winner. It's the buzziest one, right? Great now. movie. 
Okay. Agreed. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that movie. It's a lot, but mm-hmm. it is a movie people love. I really, really am a big fan of it. I know All Quiet on the Western Front won the BAFTA Best Picture the other night, but first of all, they have only matched once, I think, in the last five or six years, BAFTAs and Oscars. BAFTAs are the British Oscars, okay. by the way. And also, I don't know if people know anything about mm. All Quiet on the Western Front. Netflix did a very bad job of promoting it. They were far busier promoting whatever bad reality TV show is on. It was very meta. There was All Quiet on the Netflix front. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's. <laughs> I, I just don't see that one pulling it out, especially when you have... Movies like Top Gun Maverick and Everything Everywhere at Once that people love, that people want to tell people to see, and not only that, to see on a big screen and to see in a movie theater, which Hollywood is still trying to get people back out to theaters. Yeah. Okay. So, Matt, what is your best picture? What's your prediction? If I, uh, on this day, right now, and things can change, we still have the SAG Awards, we still have a lot to get through and buzz and all that stuff. If I was placing a bet today on best picture, It'd be everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay, so look, I nailed it. I got the one. I got the one you that got the movie the, you guy got the said one. to get. Uh, who's winning Best Cinematography, Alan? Um, let me scroll a little bit, and I will let you know. No, just, or maybe you, another time. Yeah, and the, <laughs> no one is looking. Who's winning Best Production Design, Alan? You know, <laughs> It's like um, Best Liner Notes at the Grammys. It's a thing. But you'll definitely be able to read all of my Oscar stuff when that gets closer on onmilwaukee.com. i got to throw in one shameless plug before I get off air tonight. Thank you so much, TMJ, for having me tonight thank you everyone listening tonight thank you alan hallis for joining me thanks for having me yeah this has been a lot of fun hope you agree this has been wtmj nights